at the end of my life, I want to look back and say, I invested in people. And so really simplifying and streamlining my life and creating systems for the things that there's stuff that we have to do, like laundry and eating and sleeping, but simplifying all the things that we have to do. I like to not even say have to do, but get to do, because I think that changes our mentality, but simplifying in that so that we can focus on what matters most. Hello and welcome to the Minimalist Moms podcast. I'm Diane, I'm a mother of three, living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. Exhausted, burned out, stressed, overwhelmed, moms everywhere are tired and in desperate need of a nap, shower, or some alone time. Probably all three, preferably all three. As a best-selling author, founder of a widely popular enterprise, top podcast host, and busy mom of six, Crystal Payne should be exhausted, or at least overwhelmed, but she's not. In fact, she's thriving, and she's here today to share some of her best tips with you. Crystal shares how to simplify and make decision-making easier, her four-step system for feeling less frazzled, Advice for people who think implementing a system sounds overwhelming and so much more. As for my minimalist moment this week, as for my minimalist moment this week, it's more of a resource. I want to share an episode of a podcast that I was asked to be a guest on. We actually recorded last week and I believe the episode is going to be live today, so I'll be sure to link that in the show notes. But I had the opportunity to be a guest on a local podcast. I'm going to beep it just in case you have little ears in the car, but it's called The Dad ASS, The Dad Beep Podcast with Sean and Matt I obviously joined them to talk about minimalism and how we can apply our minimalist approach to parenting, but the conversation shifted and we ended up talking a lot about mindset and why it is that we struggle to declutter not just sentimental items, but what stops us from starting in the first place. Again, I will be sure to link the episode in the show notes and the podcast in the show notes, and thank you to Matt and Sean for having me. I'm always really excited to connect to other Columbus creators, so it was a blast to chat. And now for my conversation with Crystal Payne, also known as the money-saving mom. Crystal, thanks so much for joining me today on the Minimalist Moms podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I'm excited to have you here as well. You are the time-saving mom. And I feel like this book is helping us to be able to at least navigate waters that are a little bit rougher here with different things going on in our seasons of life. So before we get into the book and why you wrote it, why don't you go ahead quickly introduce yourself? And then do you consider yourself to be a minimalist? I would say that I am a semi-minimalist, as in we have a very sparsely decorated home, as a lot of people would say, but I am someone who there are certain areas like books. I collect books, I would say. So there are certain areas that I allow myself to be like, okay, you don't have to just have seven or something. So my husband and I have been married for 20 years. We live in the Nashville, Tennessee area. We have six kids, 18, 15, 13. Then we had 10 years of secondary infertility. And then we have a two and a half year old, another two and a half year old, and a seven month old. Our second two and a half year old, we recently adopted him. 
We've been fostering him for 22 months and he has a lot of special needs. And I'm the founder of MoneySavingMom.com. I've been blogging since 2004-ish. So long time, way before social media. And I've seen the landscape change a lot. Um, I also have a podcast called The Crystal Pain Show. And I've written, this will be my fifth book. It's funny that you say that because... I started blogging, I want to say almost 12 years ago when my husband and I were newly married, just to kind of keep a journal of sorts of what we were doing. And some of the women that followed me at that point, I still have following my personal account. Like, it's just funny the connections you make and how it looked back then versus now. I guess Instagram is more of our personal journal as opposed to blogging. But if you were in that initial big blogger stage back 10 years ago, I feel like you've maintained... You've learned a lot. I feel like that's one of the things navigating the ups and downs and the change. It's been really good. I think you also learn that your identity cannot be in your likes or your lack of likes or um, what people say about you online. And you really have to kind of figure out, okay, who are you okay with disappointing? What is the thing that you do well? All right. So you wrote this book. You are the money-saving mom on Instagram, but the time-saving mom is the book that you wrote. And I'm curious what had prompted you to write this one. So I talk about in the introduction that since the time that I was very young, when I was 18 years old, my graduation speech, not because I was a valedictorian, but because I was homeschooled, I got to give a speech and my speech was on time is short. And it's something that I've just been really passionate about, just encouraging people that you only have one life and to use it well and to really think about what's going to matter at the end of your life. What do you want to wrap your time and your energy around? There's been a lot that I've learned over the years, but I think in the last four to five years, especially as we pursued foster care. And then in the last two and a half years, we brought home four babies, one that reunified with his mom, one that we adopted and two that were biological. And so I've had to learn a lot, especially then when you throw in three teenagers and special needs with our two and a half year old and just navigating so many therapies and all of that. Plus at the same time, running my own business and writing. And so this book is just really the answer to the question that people have asked me so often, especially in the last few years of how are you doing this? But you seem like you really love your life and you just seem like you really enjoy it and you don't feel overwhelmed and stressed. So how are you doing that? And so this is really the nuts and bolts of that. And you have the systems that you share throughout the book of how you're able to manage all of this. And I have three kids and it is tricky day in and day out with homeschooling or managing the podcast. Like you said, these are small businesses in a way. I have tried to figure out how to manage it all well and haven't gotten there. So your book has been actually quite helpful. And I like how you say the six by two method. So can you quickly explain what that is for listeners? Yes. Yeah, so I call it my six by two priority method. And really what it is, is that I have two hands so I can hold two priorities at a time. If I try to add more than that, I feel like I start dropping things. And so picking the six priorities that are what I want to wrap my time and my life and my energy around, and then choosing two to focus on per day, and then rotating the ones that I focus on throughout the week so that over the course of the week, each priority area has been focused on twice at least. And if you look at your life, not so much as in the, the space of a day, but the space of a week, it really helps so that you see, oh, I am investing my life in what matters, but I'm not trying to do all the things at once. 
maybe take me through what a typical day looks like for you and how you're trying to prioritize that. I mean, you're hitting those six things, those six categories of what you deem as priority. I guess, what does that actually look like when you're applying it? Yeah. So in the book, I really walk this out because I want to see people to see practically. So for instance, one of the things that I find to be really helpful, I talk about this in the book, is I use Google Calendar to kind of brain dump all the things because I'm running a business with multiple employees and there's a lot of moving parts with that. Plus my kids are very involved in lots of social things as sports and all of that. Having Google Calendar to just put everything, all the things I need to remember, I put it all in there. And then before I go to bed, I look at the next day, what is on my Google Calendar? And then I write a time block to-do list. And this is where I just map out my day. It's like a budget for my day. I have talked for years about the importance of budgeting and how when we pre-decide how we're going to spend our money, we're so much more intentional with it. And I think the same is true for time. If we pre-decide how we're going to spend our time, it allows us to really focus on what is most important. And so as I am writing out those time blocks for the next day, I am making sure that two of my priorities are really focused on. So it might be, I don't have specific days where it's like on Monday, I focus on this. It's kind of dependent upon that week. And it's also dependent upon what my soul needs and what my family needs. And so for instance, yesterday, my daughter who is 18, she is writing her thesis paper and she had asked me, could I spend some time with her last night and really focus on that? So that was something that was a priority. My kids are my a priority block, obviously. And so that was something that I planned into my day to make sure that I had a few hours last evening to really be able to focus on helping her with that. And then also Mondays, yesterday was Monday, are kind of my home reset day where I just take some time in the morning to really focus on just getting our home reset and ready for the week. And so home and kids were my parties yesterday. And so in the morning, that was the thing that I focused on. And then in the middle of the day, I did the other things that just you do every day, work stuff and tasks that you have. And then in the evening was focusing on my daughter. And so that kind of gives you an idea of every day I just work in the these priority areas, usually it's going to be a one to two hour time block that sometimes more, but usually it's about one to two hours that I'll put in two different spots of the day on my time block to-do list. That is the two priorities for that day. I don't know if you knew this, but the word priority was not pluralized until the 1900s where we deemed things more important, like so many different things were the most important in our life when really priority just meant to be the one thing that was most important. So I do like that you say, what are the two most important things? Because usually I take that as what is the most important thing that I can do for my kids and for myself each day. So like, even though those are priority T's pluralized, the emphasis is on not necessarily on the self. It's split both ways. Does that make sense? Yes. And I actually just read that in a book recently. I'm trying to remember what book it was, but I was like, hmm, maybe I should have rewritten that section because I'm using priorities plural, but oh, no, well, we it all do. <laughs> no, we all do. We all do. I do that too. But I am also someone that tends to say yes to so many things. And that's what I've been working on in the last six to eight months is trying to say yes less. So for those of us that are more apt to say yes, even when our plate is already full, what advice would you have for them? I think that having priorities has been super helpful to me to be able to kind of figure out, okay, is this something that fits in the realm of that? 
I also feel like a time block to-do list has been so helpful for me because for years I would write out a long to-do list, but I wouldn't put time blocks. And so then I was trying to do 36 hours worth of work in a 24-hour day and I would constantly feel frustrated and like I needed to burn the candle on both ends. And so having that time block to-do list has been so helpful because as I'm writing out, I'm realizing, oh, I'm not going to be able to do those seven things that I really wanted to do. And it helps me to make sure to put the important things first. And then I also allow in my time block to-do list at least three to four hours of just free time. That it's just, there's nothing planned because I know that life is going to happen. There's going to be interruptions. I also want to be able to be fully present and have space and breathing room. You know, if that friend calls last night, one of my friends texted and she was going through a really hard time and I was able to just kind of drop everything and focus on her. And so I don't, a time block to-do list is not about trying to squeeze everything out of every single tiny minute. It's about pre-deciding that I want to have breathing room in my life. It's like minimalism on paper for your schedule because I want to be able to have that space to breathe. But if I don't plan for that, it's probably not going to happen. And so that has been really helpful to me and helpful to me to say no, because I realize I can't. If I say yes to all these things, then my day is just going to be completely packed full. I think it's hard because we experience FOMO. I mean, it happened to me last week. I was invited to a dinner, but I had I had a previous commitment with my family, with my husband and my two oldest kids. And I wanted to do both. And I was sad that I was going to miss out, but I was trying to focus on the JOMO. I don't know if you've heard of that, the joy of missing out. But it wasn't that I was missing one thing. I was saying yes to something else. I was saying yes to an experience with my family, which is also good. So I think we also have to just be honest with ourselves and clear with what, if we say yes to one thing, we're saying no to something else and vice versa. And then that's not a bad thing. One of the things that I talk about in the book is how we oftentimes will say, or at least I've said before, I don't have time for that. And really changing our mindset is the same thing of instead of saying, I can't afford that, that kind of makes us a victim of our circumstances. And instead say, I'm choosing not to spend my money on that, or I'm choosing not to do that. And so it reminds us that we do have choices, especially if we live in somewhere where we have access to the internet and a roof over our heads, we probably have some choices. And so reminding ourselves that we we do have those choices. We get to choose. And instead of saying, I don't have time for that, I'm choosing to spend my time differently. And then that reminds us that, okay, you know, it's like you talked about the joy of missing out. I am choosing to do this thing because I feel like that that is something that's going to be more valuable than this thing over here. And obviously I'm not going to tell my friend who's invited me to the thing, well, I'm choosing to do this instead of that. No, but internally for us to recognize that, I think that it empowers us to then be more intentional instead of just feeling like, we're just a victim of our circumstances and our calendar. Well, and then also, it's not like that was the only opportunity to go out with my friend. And I think that that's also something that we have to keep in mind. If we're prioritizing one thing over another, it doesn't mean that that opportunity is gone forever. For the most part, some opportunities are. Maybe we want to reevaluate those, what we say yes to in those circumstances. But you regularly ask yourself two foundational questions when you're setting up your schedule. And it's, how can I make this easier? And what can I do to simplify this? Which I'm a big fan of. So how would you say that those two questions impact your daily life when deeming what is priority? So I feel like that it's so easy for us to just complicate things. And we do things because we feel like we're supposed to, or because we're obligated to do something or because we have to. And so for me, just asking myself, 
how can I make this easier? How can I simplify? And so I tried to eliminate as much decision fatigue as possible. I want to really focus on making the decisions that are going to matter. Like right now I have an 18 year old, we're launching her and I want to focus a lot of time and energy into having those conversations with her. And so eliminating other decision-making, for instance, keeping meals super simple. I talk about this in the book. I wash my hair once a week. I wear the same five makeup products. I do my hair the same every single day. I wear the same kinds of outfits. I have very similar just kind of rhythms and routines so that I don't have to think about it. It just happens. And so the more that we can put that into place and simplify there. And maybe for you, you're someone you're like, I really want to put a lot of time and effort into my hair or my makeup or my meals or whatever. Yes, that's great. You choose where you're going to put the effort and the energy. But for me, those are things that it just doesn't really matter that much to me. And I'd rather just keep it simple. And so finding the areas that you want to simplify so that you can then focus on those areas that this is a priority and it's important. Because otherwise, if we make all the things important, important, then we're not going to do anything really well. I like that you talk about the mindset behind thinking about 25 years from now. So when you look forward, what do you hope to see and what do you hope that readers take away from that mindset? So for me, I really want to wrap my time and my life and my energy around people. I feel like that's the thing at the end of my life. I want to look back and say, I invested in people. And so really simplifying and streamlining my life and creating systems for the things that there's stuff that we have to do like laundry and eating and sleeping, but simplifying all the things that we have to do. I like to not even say have to do, but get to do, because I think that changes our mentality, but simplifying in that so that we can focus on what matters most. And so for me, that is investing in my kids, investing in my husband, investing in my community, and really coming alongside people, walking with them, being able to look into their eyes, being fully present with them, and not being distracted in a hundred different places in my mind, or not having the time to be able to show up for people because I'm too busy with all these little details of life. I have in the past written down whenever I feel like I'm in a season of struggling or that I don't have enough time, I will sit down, write a list of the things that are important to me, and then write down next to it, a list of things that I have been prioritizing or deeming most important in my life. And then I compare the lists and it's like, are my values aligning with what I'm making most important in my life? And sometimes there has to be a shift because I have compared those lists and I haven't liked what I've seen in the past. I'm a visual person, so I have to write things down down to kind of see them and think through them. I can't just necessarily do this in my mind, but I feel like that's been a really helpful process for me when I'm trying to have that more long-term mindset or even just, I guess it's in the now too, but it also is a long-term, where do I see this going? One of the things that I talk about in the book that's been so helpful is habit tracking. I was already doing it, but then I read the book Atomic Habits and that just really propelled me to stick with this. And I'm actually right now taking a group of people through this habit tracking challenge. And the assignment for today was to to write down all the ideas of habits. You know, it's kind of like what you were talking about in a different sense, but you know how so often we have so much in our brain that's like, I should do this. I want to do this. I need to do this. And just writing down all the areas that we want to improve in, all the areas that we want to see progress in or that we want to prioritize. 
And then just choosing a few from that list instead of being like, I need to overhaul my life overnight and I'm going to try to do these 27 habits. Let's start with one or two and let's focus on those. And so having a habit tracker for me that every single day I'm looking at it and it's reminding me, okay, these are the things that I am focusing on prioritizing right now. And then once you've kind of developed those one or two, then you can add another one or two and another one or two. And over time, that's how you change your life. But I feel like doing it in bite-sized pieces and having that list where you write down all the ideas of all the things, but then just picking the ones that you're like, these are going to make the most difference in my life right now. These are going to help me to really move toward where I want to be in five years from now, or just a year from now, or just a month from now, but focusing on those and picking the big ones first and saying, like you talked about how we can't do it all right now. But I think for me, it's really helpful to know that there are seasons and And as someone who had three older children and then a big gap and then three younger children, I do know that it's like seasons change and there are seasons when you can do more, you can do more of certain things and there are seasons when you do less of certain things. And it's okay to be like, this is where I'm at right now. I'm going to focus on these few things. And later on, I might be able to focus on those other things as well. Absolutely. That's something that I actually do outside of schedule and mindset. I do it with my home as well. If I've gone into someone's home to help them declutter, I'll walk around the home and I'll say, okay, I see that your laundry is probably the biggest pain point in your home. You could decrease the amount of work that you're doing just by cutting your wardrobe in half, or maybe it's the entryway. I'm noticing that this is a really big eyesore in your home that probably causes you a lot of anxiety when you step foot through the front door. So I think you can even do that when it comes to minimalism. I think these little systems, as you have in your book, I think they are so beneficial and we just shouldn't be overwhelmed by them. So I guess what is a final word you'd like to leave with listeners that may feel overwhelmed by implementing systems? What would be a word of encouragement for them? Yeah, well, I think start really small and like what you were talking about, really what is that biggest pain point? And maybe it is that you just need to sit down and you just write out all the things that are in your brain. Like what are all the things that feel like they're pressing on you right now? I find with my husband, it's really helpful for me to just kind of vent out all of this to him. And as I'm doing that, I kind of come to, oh, it's this. Recently it was, so we have three little ones under three and it feels like the toys just multiply. And I have always been just one where we just have one little toy basket and that's what we do. But I, for some reason, I don't know where these toys are coming from. It's like people are giving them. And and I was just feeling like there's always a mess of toys and I don't like it. And so, well, do I have to have all these toys? No. And I mean, you know, you're the queen of this, but how it was just a simple thing of sometimes I think we get stuck in a rut of, this is just how it is. And I realized I'm just going to get rid of a bunch of the toys and you could just put them away for a while and see if people miss them. But just cutting the toys in half and going back to just that small toy basket, it was a simple thing, but it made such a difference because I wasn't stepping over toys. And so like you were saying with the laundry, you know, what are these areas of your life that it just feels like it's the thing that's weighing you down? And how can you maybe just eliminate it? For me, I was realizing in our closet because we have three little ones in our room right now. And I was realizing like our closet system was just not working. Well, there wasn't a system. And so what can I do to create a better system? So that was get a tub and put their diapers and like just have a little system for their diapers instead of just having diaper boxes and diapers spilled out and stuff. And so just looking at your home, your life, and what are the areas that are weighing you down? And what's a simple fix that you could come up with that would help 
solve that or take that away or just lessen it. And if you're feeling like, well, I don't even know, sit down with a friend or if you're married with your spouse, if that's someone who could be a good, just help you to think through that and ask them for some advice and some counsel. And a lot of times I'll find that two brains are better than one and you'll come up with a solution that it could be the simplest thing, but it makes such a huge difference. Well, Crystal, where can listeners connect with you online or grab a copy of your new book if they want to do so? So I would love for you to follow me on Instagram. I'm the money saving mom on Instagram. If you like money saving ideas, but also just practicalities of running a home with lots of people in it. That is where I hang out a lot, especially in stories. And then my podcast is the crystal pain show and my book is available wherever books are sold right now. The best deal is on Baker Bookhouse. I'm going to ask you the two final questions that I ask every guest. And the first one is what has been a beneficial resource to you? That's been a game changer in your life that you'd like to recommend. So I talked about the book, Atomic Habits. That's one that I highly, highly, highly recommend. And so if you are someone who you just need some encouragement to develop better habits, I feel like just the way that he shares it, I listened to it on audio and then I bought the book, which that says a lot for me if I actually listen and then buy the book and have gone through it twice. Such a good resource that I find just to really help you to figure out not just how to set up better habits, but the mindset really behind the habit tracking and how that can change your life. Yes, that's definitely at the top of my list as well. All right. Well, my last question for you is what is something that you can't stop talking about? So recently I have been talking about this cleaner that I got. So with eight people in our home and lots of spills and lots of stains, and we have white couches, a good cleaner is very, very helpful. And I found this through, it's a small business and it was on Small Business Saturday and it's called Clean Angel Miraculous Cleaner. And it sounds a little dramatic on the name, but I saw the reviews and I was like, you know what? I'm going to try this. And it works so well. I don't know what is in it. And so I can't state that it's like non-toxic or whatever, but this stuff works. So if you're someone who has a lot of stains, just a little spray on there and let it soak. And it has taken every single stain out that I've tried it on. Oh, I Googled it. It says heaven sent for everyday cleaning. And it says it's plant-based. I don't know if it has chemicals or not, but I may have to check that out as well because we have a lot of messes over here. Well, Crystal, thank you so much for joining me and sharing your book. I really appreciate you coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. What did you think of the episode? I hope you enjoyed the conversation. To learn more about today's guest, including links, resources related to everything discussed today, visit the episode page at minimalistmomspodcast.com, where you can find the entire podcast archive, as well as my book, Minimalist Moms Living and Parenting with Simplicity, or other ways to connect or work with me online. If you'd like to support the podcast, the easiest and most impactful thing you can do is subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and leave a rating or review of your favorite episode. Lastly, sharing the show or your favorite episode with friends on social media is very helpful and will encourage others on their journey to think more and do with less.